0: OTB Sports Rugby Don't just take it easy Keep the emotion in check That's not what sport is about It's about emotion It's about singing your national anthem with pride
1: Subscribe to the rugby stream On the OTB Sports app now
2: Off the ball Daily
0: Now then you're welcome along Uh, Premier League weekend Which was looking very precarious for Arsenal at one point Uh, All of a sudden it's taken a very welcome turn indeed. John Bruin, Pat Nevin are both with us this evening. We have a shorter than usual Monday night rugby given where we are in the six nations season. The BBC's Chris Jones will explain the mess that Welsh rugby finds itself in. And then eight o'clock, we are talking GA Colin Boyle, four time All Star with us to run the rule over uh, the beginning of Mayo's inevitable charge towards Sam 53106 the text number we are at off the ball on Twitter Michael McCarthy here in the studio hello Hi Joe Richie McCormick evening Joe Malloy how are you uh, Mick I know you were watching Arsenal against Aston Villa oh big god I was
1: yeah
0: I'm sure uh, you can uh, appreciate what uh, uh, energy in a stadium can uh, do to proceedings <laughs> and when you have the energy that comes from the charisma and likability of one Tom Hanks cheering you on then you know it's going to be a difficult day at the office Arsenal uh, just about courtesy of Jorginho long forgotten at Stamford Bridge amidst their uh, 800 playing staff yeah exactly uh, yeah. to the rescue and uh, what looked like this is the beginning of the script that we've read a thousand times before was suddenly flipped on its head and then Man City go and do their thing should have been five or six nil up at half time, and suddenly Arsenal are thinking hmm yeah. maybe maybe. Arsenal
1: are back to having a real lead at the top of the table again yeah. that's two points with a game in hand that's very very different than where we were half time half time even at 2-1 even thinking they could get a draw out of this there was talk genuine talk that not only was the title race over but like Arsenal were as you said, about to do the inevitable collapse where we're talking, can Arsenal even make the top four? You know, these kind of discussions to, you know, these two injury time goals followed by Man City, you know. You know the Forest, are one of the, Forest are a team that I think we still all have the impression of what they were like at the start of the season. I know City should have won that game by five or six goals, but Forrest are actually a really hard beat at the moment. And suddenly, yeah, that's like, given that you've lost
0: to Manchester City this week, it's been an incredibly
1: positive outcome for Arsenal.
0: Yeah. I didn't think they were all that bad against City either. I thought they were right in the game and just goals can be decisive and they fell away a touch sure the last 15 minutes. I would minutes. say they
1: also weren't all that good on Saturday.
0: No. Yeah, first the,
1: half bad. Yeah. First half quite bad, yeah, but even over the course of the whole game like you know as a Villa fan I'm there like really annoyed that they're time wasting a two all. Thinking you're at home and just because this team is going for the title doesn't mean that's
0: the match that's in front of you right now. I, I don't think you're giving just the sheer charisma of Tom Hanks enough credit. <laughs> it's hard to turn that around. You know, you've got a lot well, of Tom cosmic Hanks force is a fans, So what are you talking about? Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. It's difficult yeah. for Arsenal. Oh, in terms think. of Arsenal. Sorry. How do, you, how, do you, how do you turn that around? Tom Hanks I is I there.
1: don't know. Well, they scored after two minutes so it was probably something to do with it, you know. Hanks is there, you know. But again, I, I'm actually not, for once, I'm not, Bring up the, the Villa side of things but I, I'm saying that like as a Villa fan I'm frustrated with that match and that just shows you that Arsenal weren't at their best it wasn't it shouldn't have been a hang on job Villa time wasted and got caught for it in the end yeah. uh, but at the same time it doesn't really matter how they're playing at the moment the matters is they hadn't won their three previous games you go in you get a miracle win like this Man City do you the favour straight after the lift that that just gives you it's almost I don't know I, I would nearly expect that Arsenal will go on another run now yeah. just on the back of that
0: again uh, this is uh, the, the the weird hard to define energy that uh, affects a, a title race at times and the ebbs and flows of a season
1: yeah. and all that stuff that you hear that sounds so cliche but you, <laughs> you, know, you spend your summers watching the Premier League uh, Premier League years and it's so real it happens every single season
0: on the uh, paper of you yesterday, we were discussing several pieces about the impending Qatari takeover at Manchester United. Let's be in no doubt. Bum, bum. It is uh, impending and nothing but impending. And there were some really interesting profile pieces on Sheikh Jassim bin Hamad Al Thani, who is uh, 40 or 41. His people, when contacted, weren't sure of his exact age. Okay. But he's he hasn't old. told them what, they, what, what the official when, when line you get is. To, when you get to that stage, it's all much of
2: a muchness, Joe, to be that's, honest with you.
0: That's like. true. He's uh, early middle age. Right. Early, early. What are you age. calling me? That's what yeah. I was going to say. Are we middle <laughs> age? God. Oh, not young. Jesus, Joe. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't have, a, I don't have six can. billion quid to throw at Manchester
0: United, so I, may, I might not have achieved as, as much as our friend here. <laughs> this is true. So, look, he's uh, very acquainted with high society in the UK. Was, uh, came through at the Royal Military Academy at Sandhurst chairman of the Qatari Bank QIB and is doing very well for himself. Mm. The most interesting nugget, that which I had just long forgotten. So his father, Sheikh Hamad bin Jassim bin Jabber Al Thani, was the prime minister of Qatar from 07 to 2013. And in, in private meetings with Prince Charles, as he was then, he's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy who uh, handed over five million sterling in cash to Prince Charles, as he was then. Uh, Ultimately, these millions in cash went to the Charles Charitable Foundation. There was nothing to see here. Yeah, the Prince's Trust, I think. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yes. On one occasion, uh, some of this five million in a suitcase. On another, in shopping bags. Right, okay. Okay. Have you ever seen five million in cash? Uh, No, not recently, no. I haven't either. That's a lot of cash. (laughs) I'd say it is, yeah. Yeah. What's it in? Fivers. I didn't didn't go into that detail. (laughs) Yeah, detail. Um, Uh, And also, as the um, British government is more reliant on Qatari liquid oil than ever before, any notion that the UK go- government may step in here and say
2: oh, we're not we're not sure about this, and it's also propping up happen. the property market over there as well. You should not oh. forget, like most
0: most of central London is owned by the Middle East. It was um, it was unbelievable, and uh, like the Qatari, uh, they listed all the uh, property owned in London, and it was like the Shard, the Intercontinental, uh, like a whole host of the real elite hotels. And that's, and that's
2: just the landmark buildings that we know about, but there's yeah, like, obviously they, investments they, that are involved in, in housing elsewhere. So. Well, they
0: reckon £20 billion, £20 billion has been invested in UK property in the last uh, decade plus. Yeah.
1: We talked about this actually. Not in which, cash. You know, we were talking about like the Saudis, um, the Premier League being toothless, you know, when we are talking about Manchester City and that they, someone was suggested that they actually did like try gallantly to stop the Saudi takeover of Newcastle But that it was actually the British government that was like, "Cool the jets, there, guys." You know, this is this is the type of investment (laughs) that we want here. So for all the for all our kind of dismissive dismissing of the Premier League's, uh, you know, moral standards of who they let into the game, it's actually the government, the many many times elected government of the uh, UK that are the ones who are kind of like welcoming all of this in. Um, Are are we are we going along with the the story, the narrative that this is a private investor <laughs> of billions. Oh no, they yeah. Rob Draper did a great piece
0: in the mail yesterday and the headline was This is Qatari state money. Mm. Be under no illusions. They had a graphic of the different silos where it was, you know, this is QSI and this is QIC and this is etc, etc. etc. Have
1: they made it a little bit more complicated than the the Saudi investment? Fund, where uh, Bin Samal
0: Bin Salman is running both things. A touch more, like there yeah. are different acronyms, but then the lines from that guy to that guy and that organization to that organization. Sure. Yeah, you didn't have to. You can find it hoops. if you look for it. Yeah. yeah. So it was like the the point was be under no illusions. Yeah. And then I think the other point made was well if they if if, if Bayern Munich want to complain about this they have to go to Al Khalifa. Okay. And he's prone to obviously support. <laughs> Guitar. So don't worry about this, Michael. They'll find a way. They're generally very successful when they put their mind to these things. Uh, oh, yeah. Things, so. no, if, this, if they want this to happen, it'll happen. It takes immense acting talent on behalf of Tom Hanks' own to convince people that watching Villa play football is an enjoyable experience. It's Oscar worthy. Uh, wow. Well, you see how happy he looked when Ollie Watkins scored? It's like, this is amazing. You should all support <laughs> just Aston. Villa. Turned off to this game so it's
1: away. It's happened. I think. I think Villa actually have been good to watch in a, in a way that's frustrating Villa fans over the last month or two. Uh, before that, absolutely not. I would agree. But yeah, uh, it was. It was nice to see Tom Hanks put his. Is th-
0: Tom Hanks an Aston Villa fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't it's know. It's that, back, it's sorry, back. But it's gone back. A while goes back a while. It? Yeah. Do we yeah.
1: know the genesis? No. no, I I think I did at one point, but I have I have I have decided to not commit that to memory. Tell you what, it's not. Villa
2: have all the greats, don't they? Villa have all the greats. Tom Hanks, uh, David Cameron, and Prince William. Prince William. Well, David
1: Cameron doesn't know if he's a Villa or West Ham fan, but
2: it's easy to get mixed up. They're all like claret and blue. Dan Burnley, Scunthorpe. I mean, who's to know? Drauda.
0: was Hanks maybe here, and the Paul McGrath, Ray Henton, Vintage.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's it. I'd say that was it. It was the <laughs> same as myself. You know, it was like, you know, it was, a, it was when Dean Saunders signed on for Liverpool it was the real, was that, that was the real catalyst to sort of make him a true fan. He just kind of liked him before that.
0: Big fan of Tony Daly. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, John Brinkham oh. is with us this hour. We have Pat Nevin, who'll talk to us a bit about the Chelsea situation, which is very interesting, after uh, nine. So that's the football plan for this evening. We should start the news round, brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Uh, In from the cold, Richie. Absolutely, yeah.
2: He's got his coat on as well. Andy Farrell has refreshed his Ireland squad ahead of Saturday's Six Nations test away to Italy. Joey Carberry returns to the fold, having been omitted from the squads that beat Wales and France. He doesn't, in fact, replace anybody. Uh, Ireland will have four out-halves in preparation for that game in Rome, although there is doubts over Jonathan Sexton's fitness. are doubts even. Tyke Byrne and Joe McCarthy are both out-injured. Scott Penny and Kieran Treadwell have received call-ups in their stead. Dan Sheehan and Keen Healy have been passed fit Following hamstring injuries, but tight furlong, Robbie Henshaw, Jameson Gibson, Park all remain absent, and Keith Earls also misses this week with a calf injury.
0: Okay, I didn't realize there is a doubt over Sexton. So that I would be... well, I'd say at this stage of the Six Nations, that's a given.
1: And <laughs> there's always there's always I doubt going into the hanging Six over. Yeah, Johnny Sexton's injuries. That's a Richie of all the years you've been doing this job, how many, and you've, of all the times oh, that gosh. Ireland have sweated on the fitness of <laughs> in your script, would you say Johnny Sexton's is number one? It's right up there. It really is right up there. The amount of times
2: I've had to write Declan Kidney, fi- Joe Schmidt, ways Andy Farrell it. is sweating on the fitness of. It's, it's it's finding a way to write write that sentence for the twenty seventh difference time as <laughs> the interesting way of doing it, and it's a real test of my uh, lacking journalistic skills. But um, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a theme. But here we are, and he's uh, he's still the man. I watched
1: a bit of Munster and the Ospreys at the weekend. Munster, very good. Like, I mean, it was at that point, <laughs> I don't know what it is, actually, it was at the moment, but it was like Munster brilliant up until the 22, and then it was just a time for a try. Yeah. It was, you know, it was just like, open up, we don't have defences anymore. Once you break one line, there is a try. But Carberry at the centre of it all, you know what I mean? They're definitely like, whatever Roundtree's doing there is coming to fruition. They look like a lot more comfortable than they did at the start of the season, playing that way. And it'll be interesting, like, Carberry's form this might not have been the worst thing to happen to Joey Carberry you know to even just be around a a positive environment and be the man for a few months at Munster yeah yeah you know as an
0: aside did you see Johnny Sexton on the late age show no I didn't was this recently Friday okay right. wasn't watching it did you Rich no
2: no I'm stuck watching score updates here I'm watching actually Bohemians Um, go to the top of the league Joe uh, two points clear. Call the season as it is now. Uh, we are winning this thing. Uh, but now I was watching uh, Bowes play away to Cork on Friday night.
0: So he was on with uh, uh, Claudia Scanlon is her name. She's nineteen years of age, and they seem to have had a relationship for uh, much of the last uh, decade. And so he's a Deborah Ireland ambassador, and she has uh, it's a genetic disorder, which has left eighty percent of her body covered in blisters. Internally, externally, it's an issue with the skin, needs a wheelchair because it's too painful for her to walk Her fingers have uh, fused in some kind of dreadfully painful way. Uh, She spoke amazingly and she was, um, you know, asked by Ryan Turbity, what's it like? And she absolutely didn't shy away from the awfulness of it. She was saying, you know, it's a living hell. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But she's done remarkable things, qualified as a makeup artist. She's 19 years of age. And so they've had this relationship and they were making an, an appeal because this horrific disease affects, I think, 300 people um, in the country, you know. So um, so she was remarkable and she's the star of the show, genuinely. But um, seeing as you mentioned, and he was there and it just struck me looking at him. It was this thing that happens to all sports people. So you see Johnny on the pitch now and he looks incredibly gray haired. Mm. And just next to these twenty two year olds, he just looks a bit old. hunched and old and oh his hamstrings are tight. Mm. His sprint of the touchline notwithstanding. Yeah. But then you do this thing where he's training every day, he's eating like a god, you put him in his civvies in a black shirt and a pair of jeans, and he's sitting on a on a chair in the late late show, a bit of gel on the hair. Looks a million dollars. Yeah. Just like glowing compared to all of humanity. They have this weird thing, sports people, where Johnny will go from oh there's old man Johnny to yeah. in about 8 months time God he's young and he looks incredible So what you're saying is this guy who's younger than both of us or he's younger than me anyway he might
1: be close enough to your age he's just who older than is me. also a finally too professional athlete doesn't in fact
0: look like an old man Yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah It was the cruelty that he's surrounded by 23 <laughs> and 24 year olds who look even better <laughs> Anyway that was just a do you, think, you know,
1: I, th- I don't know if every sports person does this these days, but I specifically notice it with Sexton. Sexton gets a haircut before every match. I just don't know he's got that that fade that he's got
0: going on can't be more than a day old. Do you think every single game? sports people of a certain vintage make sure to get the back and sides trimmed that bit tighter?
1: I think so. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like when grey. Shea
0: Gibbon got his first ever uh, haircut when he was in yeah. his late 30s. Like Stephen Hunt dying his hair from 24 because perception being reality and all that. Yeah, possibly,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, I I'd imagine that you have a lot of time to kill in camp. <laughs>
2: it's, probably it's probably just probably something a you do as there. part of the routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: No, it could be that, too. It could be that, too. That can't for me to take the that long, online, I agree.
2: Sorry, Rich. That can't even take that long, though. If
0: I remember getting, getting a similar week. haircut
2: in my teens, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And that's like that's a 20 minute job. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's not heating up an afternoon, really. Yeah. Uh, why wasn't there any Monday Night Rugby says own on YouTube? Uh, we will often do it at five or half five, particularly when we're going heavy, like a kind of 40 minute job. But we're just doing a shorter piece tonight. And also Chris Jones, who we're having on, could only do 8.40. So that's more information than you need. It's kind of <laughs> It'll be on later. Pulling the curtain behind. <laughs> Joe, do you want that's to send why? them the running order as well? <laughs> <laughs> Get their email there. Share them on the team. Well, I, guess it, I guess that's the reason. Like sometimes people think, what's, the, what's <laughs> going on here? What's the conspiracy? <laughs> oh, oh. That's all there is. After taking after taking it off, yeah. No, we felt we would do. We would talk to Chris Jones because we do a lot of Ireland, obviously, and it's a gap week, and it's only the Italians' famous last words. Uh, oh, Joe. coming up. Jesus so, Christ!
1: Going <laughs> You're going up on the dressing That's room the wall.
0: <laughs> I, I don't endorse that. The comment. No, OTV at large doesn't endorse the comment. Agreed. They've been very impressive thus far. That's true. That is true. Uh, the word seems to be that Ireland aren't, aren't going to make wholesale uh, changes necessarily. Richie, sorry, we're blathering on here. Brand,
2: yeah, and Garbisi's coming back for Italy as well. So that's another an wrinkle to proceedings too. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, Peter Omahney, we should mention, has signed a one year extension with the IRFU. The flanker is going to remain with Munster and Ireland through to the end of next season. IRFU performance director David Nusafora says Omahny is invaluable to both club and country. Uh, Liverpool owner John W. Henry insists his Fenway Sports Group are not selling the club. In November, FSG confirmed they would be seeking fresh investment. Henry says today they are talking with potential investors about a
0: minority stake in Liverpool and will not be conducting an outright sale. Interesting. Okay. Amnesty uh, International weighing in on the Manchester United situation.
2: Yeah, Amnesty say Manchester United fans are right to be concerned that their club could become part of a wider programme of Qatari sports-washing. Sheikh Jassim bin Hamad Al-Thani, the head of one of the Gulf States' biggest banks, the Qatar Islamic Bank, confirmed his submission of a bid on Friday. INEOS, led by Jim Radcliffe, are also in contention. Amnesty say the takeover battle is an urgent reminder of a need to tighten Premier League ownership rules.
0: Uh, time to get off the moral high horses Phil does anyone think for a minute that if Qatar Dubai or any oil rich Middle East countries were to express an interest in investment in this country that the Irish government would turn it down no not for a minute the Premier League to show any moral compass is neither a surprise nor unexpected says Phil I have Tom Hanks explaining his reasons for Aston Villa fandom on the Graham Norton show in 2015 it came to pass says Tom because the very first time I came to London the football scores were on in the morning And it was all these cities I didn't quite understand. Where is Stoke? Where is Slough? I didn't know. And then along came the score. Aston Villa. I said, Aston Villa. What a beautiful sounding vacation paradise. (laughs) 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 Oh, Tom, beautiful. He's just so bloody engaging, isn't he? He said, I'll lay in the sun. I'll bring a pina colada. I'll spend two weeks in Aston Villa. (laughs) Mm. So that was how. Oh, Tom. God, he, he, he called that one wrong. But uh, happy to have him on board. There is a conflicting theory from Aidan on YouTube. Tom Hanks became a Villa fan after attending a preseason friendly they played in the US. Right. I'll go with Tom Hanks' version of events yeah. over Aidan on YouTube. It does, does sound
1: but like a story that's probably
0: made up, but I like it. Uh, so there is Ireland-Zambia this evening.
2: Well, not this evening, but uh, rather in June. Sorry. The Republic of Ireland are going to have another that. World Cup send-off. Uh, friendly at Tala Stadium. Zambia will face Vera Pau's side on June 22nd, a fortnight before they play France at the same venue. Ireland are currently in a training camp in Marbella with a game to come against China on Wednesday. Vera Pau was asked about her hopes for that game today.
1: The biggest aim in that is that we um, get comfortable to play under the highest pressure. So the closed-door game was against Germany um, and there, as no one, they can put pressure on you. You need to get used to that because we play Australia, Canada, Nigeria—all teams that are really, really, really—they will really, really be on us. So um, that was the first thing, and then um, finding under that pressure a way to not make mistakes in our build-up, which we did against Germany, but that—that's why we played it, and uh, we see against China if we've made a step in that.
0: OK, so that will be June 22nd. That's a fortnight before they play France All at uh, mm. TALA Stadium. Uh, we have T20 World Cup. Yeah, and Ireland's women's T20 World Cup
2: campaign came to a disappointing end in Port Elizabeth today. Rain there saw them lose by five runs to India via the DLS method. Ireland had been chasing a target of 156 before the rain came, only getting to face 50 deliveries of that innings. India's win sets them up for a semi-final against the reigning champions Australia.
0: Uh, somebody making the point absolutely heartbreaking. Watching Claudia talk about her condition on Friday, it was horrific. Yeah, yeah horrific. Um, um, sorry yeah. to not to move off that, but speaking of sports people
1: on yeah. chat shows, did you see Colm O'Rourke on the Tommy Tiernan show? Yeah, is uh, I, it's hard to believe that uh, he was his teacher. Yeah, I I must have known that, but I didn't
0: remember. Yeah, uh, geography teacher. He can't be that much older than him. <laughs> Well, isn't that always the way when you bump yeah, into some of Yeah, it's always when you think about it. Hang on, were yeah. you only 23? <laughs> <laughs>
2: like I had, I had a teacher, like Sennon Connell, uh, the former Dublin footballer, was a teacher of mine as well. And to, like I remember meeting him after a thing we did in Coppers there a few years back. And it was like there was about three years between us or something. And yeah. he naturally le- looked younger than I did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it can happen.
0: Did you see him? Uh, did you see Conor Uprich on Tommy? Uh,
2: I didn't actually, know. You were no, re-watching the Bohemians game?
0: I was re-watching the, both highlights, Joe. I understand. Too, when is that cork? Uh, he, he made a sort of interesting observation, which I hadn't thought of before. So uh, they got into a chat about like the characters which had been around Navin back in the day, you know, and. I think, I, I can't remember what the question was, but it was uh, akin to like how it's changed over the years, and O'Rourke made an interesting point that he said, like uh, from his youth and even maybe Tommy's youth, that there are almost fewer of those quote unquote characters around the town. Yeah. And the work was putting it down to education. That the, uh, there's a certain conformity that comes with everybody being educated mm. the way we, you know, currently are to the extent that we are now. I thought it was kind of an interesting observation yeah. where like he was saying the quote unquote those characters back in the day mightn't have even been to secondary school or went early but like they would have had a great intelligence about them and a bit of wit. Yeah. And then they were like free thinkers mm. and probably like hanging around the town with- and understood <laughs> her domain like yeah, as well you yeah, know yeah. more probably better than anyone yeah no it was an interesting.
1: interesting idea I thought I thought he came across really likeable I have right. to say in a way that I don't know whether he sheltered himself from all these years <laughs> it's like, but even just the sort of like football doesn't define me you know part of the conversation you're thinking to yourself yeah well the only time we really see you is in that kind of like you're defining yourself by football that's why That's why we are paying attention to you. and he just came across as a lot more than that I th- I thought he came across very likable he was quick smile quick to laugh
0: yeah that was my, my look an obvious point and maybe we had a similar conversation around Liam Brady just last week yeah punditry doesn't lend itself to being quick to laugh because you're often criticizing people or you know being asked to critique but I, I was like jeez he's very smiley
1: yeah that's exact i that's exactly it that's exactly what i would have taken away from it afterwards as well yeah i just enjoyed it i thought it was a nice dynamic
0: yeah and I like <laughs> Tommy turn and turns to him and says, God, I'd love to go back now to when you were throwing me out of geography and said, one day you're going to be on my chat show. <laughs> mm-hmm. To which I think O'Rourke said, I don't think that was very likely back yeah. then. I <laughs> wasn't a sure bit at the time. Uh, so we'll be talking, Rich, to Colin Boyle later on.
2: Yeah, Roscommon remained top of Division One of the Allianz Football League. They secured their third win in a row yesterday with a one-twelve to twelve-point win over Armagh at Dr Hyde Park. Uh, Monaghan boosted their survival prospects with a one-twenty to fifteen-point victory over Donegal. That was in Clonus. and in Shúm, Galway got their first win of the season. Sixteen points to thirteen was their margin of success over Tyrone. In Division Two, uh, Dublin maintained their one hundred percent start with an eighteen points to two ten win over Cork at Parky Quay, uh, where the main talking point was Ian McGuire's. Uh, ending off there. Louth earned their first points with a 115-113 to 113 defeat of Limerick while Kildare edged Clare by 16 points to 50 and that was in Ennis. Uh, Donegal looks set to be without captain Paddy McBreathey for the remainder of their league campaign. Uh, Manager Paddy Carr says the kill car forward will be out for the foreseeable future due to a hamstring injury. McBreathey is set to undergo surgery and he missed
0: yesterday's defeat to Monaghan. Yeah, we'll uh, talk after eight with Con Boyle about all that.
1: Yeah, just McBearty, like surgery on a hamstring. You know, it's such a short season now as well. It's also the first Michael Murphy-less season for Donegal. And Paddy McBearty going to miss a significant
0: chunk now as well. It's not ideal. And certainly watching the Kerry game, where he kicked the winning point, he looked as conditioned as I thought he'd looked in quite some time. He looked really fit and lean and hungry, so yeah, big that's bro. A-
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing then, just to, like we'll talk about it with Convoy, was that like E McGuire sending off, which you just mentioned there, like, you know, I think we're at a point where sometimes the rules box you in to bad decisions, you know, and it's like a little tug of the jersey that he quickly stops, didn't really impact the possession at all. It's like right free, even a free is annoying there and it's just like automatic yellow card and he's off you know what I mean it's just second yellow it's just Is this like a, so annoying I like, mean, bare,
0: yeah. like barely even making contact yeah. it's you know it's it's ludicrous. He, just, he had yeah. a tug of the jersey and just pulled it slightly it ha- this hasn't been one of those trends across the league you know the way every league campaign does another rule yeah that's implemented really harshly and by the time we get the championship I don't think so no I, I no. don't think so no. uh, Rich we should by the way so you mentioned Bose and Dan will be in yeah. this week so we'll chat to him about it like it sort of goes under the radar and you know, bunch of sellouts across the league. Like there's yeah. such an energy about the League it's of Ireland. And everything. What you
2: call yeah. it? Uh, no, there is, yeah. I think 22,000 um, was the figure for the combined amount of games uh, across the weekend. I just know anecdotally from seeing both updates today that their uh, home tickets for their next fixture are gone and they're selling tickets for the next two home games are selling out pretty quickly. And that's going to be the case in places like Tala It's going to be the case in places like Cork as well. Cork, I think they got 7,000 in Turners Cross uh, the other night, which is fantastic. And that's going to hopefully, like the first night of the season is always a bit of an outlier because everybody's been so starved of football and everybody wants to get back and everybody wants to show support. But I think in the last two seasons, there has been a better job done at maintaining support throughout the season. And it's often the case where like the league... Title contenders are decided pretty early and who's going to struggle is decided pretty early. And then you have that gooey middle that doesn't really do much. But regardless, I think people have been better about attending games the last couple of years. It just goes to show the need. And it's something I spoke to Vinnie Perth about in the show last week there. Like the need for a bit of impetus as regards getting facilities sorted because people deserve better than what they're having to endure at the moment. And I know there's progress being made in certain areas on that front. Uh, but it needs to happen across the board yeah. uh, with with solid investment and we probably could do with some of that Qatari cash wow. uh, to build the odd stand here and there. Uh, Blitz through a few
0: text messages. I know none of you like Newcastle right now but is it fair that Nick Pope misses the Carabao Cup final next weekend? It isn't even the same competition he was sent off in says Carl, NUFC fan in Carlo. Yeah, I'd have a degree of sympathy I have to say. No, I, don't, I had nothing to do with not
1: liking Newcastle at all. He's sent off, It's like I don't understand why it would be competition
0: Based. I mean, it was a straightway card. Like. Mm. I can see why you might silo off the different competitions. Mm. I don't, know. Uh, don't forget, by the way, says Anonymous that Black Sabbath, Nigel Kennedy and Duran Duran are all Aston Villa fans as well. That's a Black solid, South, the whole band. solid grouping. It is. Yeah. Uh, another Anonymous text. Jesus, do you lads do okay. anything but talk about sport? Like play a few records or something. <laughs> that can be arranged. <laughs> I mean, you are listening to news talk. I won't get into the whole business model <laughs> over the last 20 years but can we whistle, can we rustle up a few records or not did a few records played at 10 o'clock there oh you yeah. hang on little Tom thing, Dunn yeah. on the way that was going to blow your mind texter <laughs> uh, Tony Cascarino said in his autobiography he dyed his hair before contract renewal talks at Marseille to disguise the fact he was well into his 30s John in Dublin
2: <laughs> did he not just look at his <laughs> record that said born 1961
0: <laughs> oh dear nobody checked <laughs> this oh, his oh his hair is very dark that was Get just how there. they checked ages in France.
1: <laughs> I kind of remember uh, Cass's hair color sort of changing slightly over to. I thought it was like he it was sun kissed because he was playing in the south of France all the time.
2: Oh, did he go sun kissed? He didn't die black. He around ninety four The ninety four. He was sun kissed. Actually, I think he had there was some of the highlights in ninety four in the states, much like Andy. And then I can't remember them now. That was and that was before he went to Marseille because he was at Chelsea up until that season. So, yeah. I think the highlights might have predated the move to the Med.
0: We have got to wrap this up. Do you mind giving us the latest, given that we're talking about it with Chris Jones later on, on and that will be the latest on the Wales situation?
2: Yeah, the Wales head coach, Warren Gatland, remains confident that Saturday's Six Nations meeting with England will still go ahead. Strike action by Welsh players remains on the table, with a Wednesday deadline for talks to resolve their outstanding issues. Professional rugby board chair there, Malcolm Wall, last night apologised to players for the, quote, stress... And real discomfort caused by the impasse among the players' demands are a removal of the 60-cap rule, whereby players can only play abroad and still represent Wales if they won 60 caps or more. A statement on that issue is said to be imminent. Gatlin himself said that rule is not fit for purpose. And players also want the removal of a clause in proposed contracts that would have fixed variable elements accounting for 20% of their salaries. OK, fellas, we're out of time. Richie, thank you.
0: There's nice an ads. Michael. Thanks, lads. OTB Sports Rugby. Don't just take it easy, keep the emotion in check. That's not what sport is about, it's about emotion. It's about singing your national anthem with pride. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.